It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could the Dallas Cowboys select a tight end in round one to replace Dalton Schultz? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are talking about the top three tight ends in the 2023 NFL Draft. And if one of them could potentially replace Dalton Schultz, uh, how much fun was this group to watch on tape? This is a fun group. You know, it feels like it's been a couple of years, right, since we've had a really like solid tight end group, right? I think we've had a couple of one-offs here and there of these last few years. Uh, but I'm trying to think back when the last time was that I saw a group of, you know, three to five tight ends that I feel like are all in that middle first round to top of the second round kind of range, right? And, yeah. and these three are are three of the best. So I'm, I'm certainly excited to talk about them. Yeah, because in 2021, we had Kyle Pitts go at four. And then I don't yeah. think we had another tight end drafted for a while. Last year, our first tight end to come off the board was Trey McBride, right? Like yeah, late okay. second round. This group has like a legitimate chance to have four guys drafted in the top 40. Like it's just a really, really good class. Let's get right into these these players. Um, let's start with Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. Uh, I think probably by the consensus, the number one tight end in this class. What did you think of his tape? Yeah, this is a guy that, uh, you know, of these three guys, I had obviously had, I've, I've seen Washington a little bit, you know, having watched some of the, the national championship game and just, you know, being a person who watches some college football yeah. and seeing Georgia, you're going to run into Darnell Washington. But Michael Mayer was a guy who I've had on my list or I've been watching for a while. I mean, he's been on my radar since kind of coming onto the scene, uh, I guess his sophomore year well, uh, it was. It's because, do you remember us watching Tommy Tremble? At yep, Notre Dame exactly. in, back in 2020, and Mayer was the better player all the way back then. Yeah, and it's funny because Tommy Trimble was who I kept on thinking about when I was watching Dalton. But we'll talk. We'll talk yeah. a little bit more. Uh, I, I, yeah, and so we've been watching. We've been. Uh, yeah, I've had an eye on this guy for a while, thinking, man, he he really has an interesting uh, style that's kind of a throwback style, mm-hmm. but with a little bit more modern sensibility. Um, he's large. You know, he's kind of old school tight end body type. Tall, long arms, broad shoulders. I mean, he looks like an undersized uh, over offensive tackle. Yeah, lines up mostly as a Y, but will definitely line up all over. Definitely a versatile player. Smart. Clearly knows you know how to multiple assignments from multiple locations. A very good mover for his body type. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that really sticks out. He shifts his weight effortlessly in route to nod defenders and create separation. He gets out of a stance well, especially when running vertical up the seam. Uh, he presents a huge target on crossing routes. I mean, his body, you know, with his with that athleticism and that body, 
He just shows he's easy for a quarterback to see. He's easy for a quarterback to get the ball to, uh, even if he's slightly off target. He's got such a huge catch radius that, uh, you know, on short passes, intermediate passes coming across the field, he just presents a very easy to hit target. He's a, a, a because of his size and arm length, all he needs is about a half step of separation, you know, to, to kind of create a yeah. target for a clean completion for a quarterback. He's a technician with experience in a system that has produced successful tight ends and offensive linemen, and you see that. He has a balanced skill set with nuanced technique as a blocker and a receiver. You know whether it's it's finding the holes and zones and sitting in underneath or understanding leverage. I mean, he just he understands the small parts of the game, which is important. Uh, he's more sudden, smooth than sudden, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he won't be stringing to moves together to kind of you know make people miss, but will occasionally show the ability to kind of put his foot down uh, and 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 kind of you know change show off some change of direction ability. Not just an inline block blocker can stock block outside like a wide with wide, like a wide receiver. He's coordinated enough to uh, effectively track moving targets uh, on the outside in space. Understands his assignment as a blocker. Knows where his run is supposed to go and what he's where he's supposed to take the target out of the, the alley. There's some wit into his game. Young wit into his game. That's for the sure. most popular comp for him for sure. I can see it. I mean, definitely young wit for sure. Like coming out of yeah. Tennessee, despite being an exceptionally big tight end. Uh, I will say that he's not exceptionally powerful. No, um, no. I, I, he still gets overpowered by defensive ends, which is you know to be expected, you know, on backside cutoffs and that sort of thing. But I mean, you know, considering his size, you could easily look at him and say this dude could take on you know any any blocking assignment right away. I think he still has some strength that he could either develop or or he just is lacking to kind of be that you know full bully tight end, which is not necessarily how would you want to use him anyways. Uh, where does he win? He's a high floor two way tight end. Um, you know, I think he comes in and effortlessly start can be a, your number one tight end. Um, my unanswered question for him is: Is his game too bygone to be a consideration for all thirty two teams? I, I do think that there is an element of this game that is not how teams are using tight ends anymore. So I don't know that he's going to be a great schematic fit right away for all thirty two teams. And does that affect his draft status? Potentially. Um, I will say, so we saw Cole Komet come out of Notre Dame. Was that 2020, I think? Mm, that sounds right. 2019, 2020. Um, he is way more agile. And I just think overall athletic than Komet. Komet was very straight lining. And I think Mayer's that to a little bit. But I mean, you could see him do some out routes and some whip routes. And he's just such a better mover that yeah. way than Komet was. And on top of that, I mean, he's like light years ahead of Komet as a blocker, kind of coming yeah. out of Notre Dame. So yeah. for that reason alone, there should be 20, 30 you know, spots difference between those two and where they get drafted. But yeah, if you want like a traditional tight end and a guy that can line up all over the field and you can use him in the red zone and on you know some seam routes, like this is your guy. Like he, there's, there's just not a lot of flaws to kind of poke in his game. He could do a bit of everything, you know, that's and right away. And that's, that's, I think what makes him really appealing to me is that, uh, you know, I got no issues with lining this guy up as the Y and making him the point of attack blocker necessarily. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't have an issue. I mean, I mentioned that he struggles at times kind of, you know, trying to cut off on the backside of, of, of wide zone. But I mean, I don't think I'd have any problems with him being there most of the time. You know, I think he, he for the most part, he can do that stuff already. So I think of these three guys, I would say this is the guy that's the most ready to come in and make a contribution yeah. in a wide variety of ways. Yeah. Like you could plug him in as your wide tight end 
uh, and give him the playbook, he'll be able to do all of it, I would say, maybe more so than these other two guys. But having said that, I would say that he is the high floor guy. I don't know how much more upside there is from here. You well, know, the, like, the, I, the good news is he's he's only 21 years old. Like He is super young. But do you feel like there's more to develop here? Like That's my only thing is you're right. He's told and, – and, and honestly, it's funny. We'll talk about the idea of uh, development with age when we talk about Kincaid too because yeah. I do think that there's something there too. But I, I, I wonder – yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. He's going to be one of the younger prospects in this draft. Uh, he, he he's coming out, you know, with, with a lot of experience, which is kind of a, a weird thing. Yeah. But my question now becomes like, does, you know, because just because he's only 20 years old, does that necessarily mean that he does have more development? Maybe his body physically develops a little bit more. That could be a possibility. Th- that's but- the, for me. It's like, if you're 265 pounds and you can kind of move the way he does at that age, you know, maybe three, four years in the weight room when he's 25 years old, Maybe he just looks physically different, right? Maybe, maybe that's it. I, I that's my only concern is physiologically. I, I I wonder, is he tapped out or does he have more room to grow? That's something that I would like, you know, get my doctors to look at yep. him and see his body weight mass index and kind of just track his growth. And those are the those are the stuff that you get the guys yep. pot, poking and prodding and try to have them figure out exactly where to uh, go from here. By the way, you mentioned Jason Witten as a comp. That's a very very high end one. I wrote Todd Heap down. Uh, who played okay. for the Ravens yeah. for a lot of time. I think sure. that type of tight end. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Lewis, I think, has he has some of that element to him. Sure. He's not, maybe not the, quite the same level of killer as Mercedes is, but I, I think you know, just any kind of big tight end who has some receiving chops. It, it, it just, comp. of all these tight ends we're going to talk about, to me, he feels the safest. Like, if, you had to, oh, if yeah. I had to bet on which of these three tight ends is the most likely to be a top eight tight end yeah. for the next half decade it's it's mayor right and for that reason alone he should be a top pick he's been producing for a a long time like he's been under the microscope and despite that continue to produce like he's just passed all he's checked all the boxes he's passed all the tests he's just a very safe prospect absolutely um now let's talk about a player who has some ridiculous upside in georgia tight end darnell washington next this episode is brought to you by fanduel The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from money lines to point spreads to how many threes will be drained in the game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, Landon, let's talk about this uh, unique tight end from Georgia, Darrell Washington. Uh, what did you think when you watched the tape? Uh, I mean, just uh, what a freak of nature, specimen-wise. I mean, just really, you know, uh, huge, supersized, enormous, athletic, two-way tight end body, right? V-shaped torso, long legs and arms. He's built like an NBA forward, basically. Uh, great movement skills for a man his size. Fluid mover with great feet. Um, strong hands. He controls his target, his locking target, with 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 just really, really like clamps basically once he gets his hands on you it's it's over it's almost like a a, a really talented offensive tackle blocking you it's like once once it's his hands are on you the, the the game is basically done there uses incredible i mean he has incredible rotational strength like yeah. you just see it all the time and and when he's blocking guys he gets guys turned so easily uh or shoulder to- i mean you see him shoulder tossing defensive ends yep. like it's it's totally nuts like how strong this guy is once he gets his hands on you Blocks on the move well, good at hitting smaller targets in space when needed. Fires off the line as a run blocker, stays low, engages with his hands onto target and drives them back. Great feet as a blocker. Once he gets his hands on you and engages, he can get his feet around so that he can slide around you to manipulate you where he wants to go. If he's got to get around you on the corner to seal you off, he can do it without without you being able to peel away or get away from him. Uh, he's a true online why he can handle the violence of defensive ends. He's yeah. a devastating, devastating down blocker. Like you, you see, you see reps where they're running z- zone to the, his side, or they're running a pitch, uh, a pin and pull or something to his side. And he's down blocking on di- tight ends. And that whole side of the defensive line is completely washed. Yep. Um, he straddles the line between being too far over his feet and having good forward leaning uh, uh, leverage, like he's he's he literally leans into and, and weighs on his uh, uh, his targets. But there are times when I feel like he gets almost too far over his feet and he kind of loses balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't see too many colleges and tight ends. Uh, you don't see too many tight ends in college with who pass block like this guy. Uh, he, much like when he run blocks, he does a good job of keeping his feet moving with engage, when engaged. You know, he, he there was another tight end on, on Georgia's offense. Obviously, I mean, for those who don't know, that that got a lot of targets as well. And so, Rock there's hours. lots of times yep. when you saw when you see Washington in pass protection, and he looks very comfortable doing it. Almost like if he could, he could put on maybe you know twenty or thirty pounds and be an offensive tackle if he needed to be. Uh, despite lack of usage, like a, a ton of usage as a receiver, he has absolutely huge upside here with his athleticism and physicality. Once he has the ball, when he catches the ball, when he has the ball in his hands, you see a long strider with will eat up grass quickly. Uh, but he has good enough feet to operate in tight spaces underneath uh, with his big body. Looks fluid in route, no stiff movements. Works through traffic well without losing speed. Flashes the ability to catch the ball outside his frame. I mean, you, you, there's just not a lot of reps of him th- catching the football. But when you see it, you, you could like it looks like he's been doing it for years. Like Which he has no again problem. is completely understandable. Like you, you go yep. look at the box score stats, it'd be like, okay, why am I taking this guy in the first round or top fifty or whatever? But it's why the context matters. Brock Bowers yep. legitimately might be the best receiving tight end prospect I've ever seen come out of college, and he's not even eligible this year. He's he has to come out next year. So when you're playing behind that guy, it's just not a lot of targets to go around. This is this is what we see sometimes with Georgia, with Alabama, with Ohio State. They have so much talent, and and they yeah. they they collect five star you know recruits. Sometimes those guys, uh, 
even though they're incredible athletes, they don't develop as quickly. They can become better NFL players. Sometimes they sit behind guys that are absolute ridiculous superstars. Or they just though... have to fill different roles, right? Because exactly. Bowers can't block Washington hands. If you've got if you've got two of the top five tight ends in the country on your team, you know, the, the, the guy that's not, not quite as good as the top guy isn't gonna get as many snaps. It doesn't mean that he isn't an incredible NFL right. player and certainly yep. won't grow into it. And again, I think that this guy's uh, game is I think his best football is ahead of him without 100% a doubt. Agree. Uh, where does he win physical blocking tight end with enormous untapped receiving potential like just because you, and it's not just like a uh, uh, who's the the Baylor basketball player Rico gathers, Rico this, gathers isn't a, yeah. this isn't a situation where you know Rico's never played football and, and like he doesn't he doesn't look comfortable like but but you say oh he's so athletic he's got upside like Washington doesn't have a, a ton of experience catching the ball but when you see him catch the ball you see it like you see yeah. oh he he looks comfortable receiving the football he looks comfortable uh breaking tackles i mean he's he's going to be really really difficult to catch uh once he has the ball in his hands uh, my unanswered questions for him are how far away is he from being ready to be a featured weapon in an offense? Because, you know, he's going to be a tight end. You're yep. going to, you're going to probably have to, you know, get a day one or day two pick to get him. Uh, and you're going to want to incorporate him as a part of your offense really soon. How quickly is he going to be up to the level of skill that's required yep. to be that kind of main focus of an offense? So the good news is that tight ends typically take two or three years to develop anyways. Right. Yeah. I think Washington is going to need some time to learn how to be a functional, you know, to be a featured receiving part, you know, receiver. Yeah. But the good part is he can block right away. Like he's yeah. an NFL blocker right away. So you can get value out of him as a rookie right away. And I, I think about like the goal line stuff, right? Yeah. He lines up at the goal line. You have to treat him like he's a weapon, right? So whether yeah. that's a linebacker on him or a safety, but if you have a linebacker, lined up against him blocking in the goal line, he's going to win that matchup every time. So he gives you big numbers advantages in, in short, you know, yarded situations. The other thing I was going to tell you is um, I've got some pretty official numbers on him. Uh, this is from last year's uh, Georgia Pro Day. Mm. 6066, 273, Jeez. 464, 40 yards. What? <laughs> 270 plus? That's crazy, a four man. So – my comp for him is like late career Martellus Bennett. Like once okay. Bennett kind of figured things out, it became a little bit more mature. Just so big, such a good blocker, and can he, he does enough in the passing game that you have to respect him. I I really like Washington. Yeah, I think I do too. I mean, I just the upside is there. You, you like you said, uh, you don't see a lot of developmental receiving tight ends that have value right away. I mean, he could be he could come in like you said right away and 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 play snaps for you as a blocker i not even just the goal line i think in general just the red zone from the 20 oh, in yeah. like i think he could be a really really valuable target just because things get condensed and he's a big body that can move in the middle that you can throw the ball up to so uh yeah i really really like him i, I think that there's he's going to be a really really great pro even better than he was in, in college yep. and i think he's Really, really going to be a handful for for defenses trying to tackle him once he has the ball. I, I will also say that we saw last year that Jelani Woods, who came out of Virginia, yeah. I think he was a third round pick from the Colts. That's right, a good comparison too. Honestly, but, but he's he's so much younger. He's yeah. such a better blocker, and in fact, I think he's more of a natural receiver. Yes, and Woods had a pretty nice rookie season for the Colts, so I think you can get 
that type of production right away without even having to squint too much. Yeah, he's plus plus Jelani Woods for yes. sure. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that in that in that sense, that that combination of blocking and receiving and and receiving upside with his athletic ability, I could definitely see that. But obviously, he's way more advanced in all areas, including receiving, yes. uh, and definitely much more devastating as a blocker even than Jelani Woods. What about Dalton Kincaid? Could he be the next guy to replace Dalton Schultz? All that next. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Landon, let's talk about uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Could a Dalton replace another Dalton? What did you think when you watched the tape? This guy's very different, right? Than these very other guys. Um, average height, uh, but thinner for a tight end. Long legs and arms, but underdeveloped muscle mass there. Uh, profiles more as a move tight end. He can line up at Y, but likely won't make a living there, especially without putting on some muscle. Skilled receiver. Can find and then sit in holes in zone defenses. Can create separation with nuanced route running. Right now, I would say he cannot be relied on much more than uh, as a get-in-the-way blocker. Uh, he isn't moving bodies and will often bounce right off of targets. Uh, but, but you have seen market improvement from last year uh, and this year. I, I, I did watch some 2021 tape, and he looks – better than he did last year as a blocker. You don't want to run behind him as a point of attack blocker or have him consistently cutting off backside defensive ends. His hands will get outside of his blocking targets frame at times, which will put him at risk for holding calls. Uh, And a percentage of his block attempts really do look like him diving to tackle somebody uh, or uh, diving. I actually wrote down a percentage of his block attempts look like, uh, like diving tackle attempts on a grease pig because he tries to like jump and grab at guys. And then they just slip off of him. He needs to add more core strength in order to take blocking to the next level. He struggles to maintain blocks and usually gets over his feet. I, I mean, again, I don't want to harp on this part, but I literally in the Florida game that we I watched, I literally witnessed him to attempt to block a sub six foot, sub two hundred pound sophomore safety on the Florida team in back to back plays, and he got his butt kicked both times. One of those, he was actually thrown to the ground by this kid. Yeah, uh, block willingness isn't an issue though. He, he may not knock anyone down, but he's willing to throw himself in front of a train. So if he can get in the way, he can block somebody. Now, let's talk about the reason we're here. Uh, his, his his catch radius is absolutely incredible. Yeah, his body control is something that I haven't seen in a tight end in quite a while, frankly. 
uh, and he is excellent at catching the ball away from his body above the rim and in contested situations, mm-hmm. is dangerous going up the field. Whether it be up the seam or outside on the boundary, he tracks the ball incredibly well. You can see the baseball background really showing up here because he he just looks so comfortable. It's no, it's not a ton of like speeding up and slowing down. Like he understands the trajectory of where the ball's going, and then he meets it there uh, with very few wasted mo- mo- movements. And and he does it like up the seam and on the outside. Like like he almost like he could do it as a, a nine route as a receiver, right? Yep. Snatches the ball out of the air with strong hands. Always uses good hand positioning when the ball arrives. He's not a huge yak guy, um, but he can be slippery after the catch. But big gains are mostly through the air, not after the catch. He did. Uh-huh. You, you do see him making missed tackles, but that's that's not like his game necessarily. I, I would say his game is more vertical than that. Right? right. You're going to see yep. more of him catching big catches down the field and being tackled immediately than catching a 10-yard pass and then turning it into a 40-yard pass, right? Sure. Uh, good lower body flexibility means that he bends in his routes at full speed, he, which is a really great trout, trait on seam routes to dictate leverage. He, he, you know, he can lean in and out of his routes, which creates a bubble in, underneath coverage, which gives a li- nice throwing lane to the quarterback. He drops his hips at the tops of routes and explodes out of his breaks, more so than these other guys. In, in when he's in route and he gets to the top and he's got a break or if he's got an option route, this guy creates separation in a way that those other guys don't necessarily need to because they're bigger, but also just they couldn't. Right. Um, yep. Gets gets off the line with the burst, immediately puts fear in defenders, didn't play much high school football, inexperienced player. You can see him growing leaps and bounds every game. That was the thing. I watched the games in order of, of you know, chronologically and you could see every game and especially in the jump between last year and this year he's getting better uh very quickly how do you weigh the upside uh, this is what i was just talking about before how do you weigh the upside of inexperience in football with his advanced age as a prospect i think this is something that that's going to be a, a conversation that folks will have reminds me a bit of the grant calcaterra situation yes where yep, he is a ta- yep. where he's a talented wide receiver, but it might already be too late to get much in the way of blocking out of this prospect. Um, where does he win? Receiving tight end seam buster with upside to develop uh, other parts of his game. Unanswered question. He does one very important thing very well, but how quickly or likely is he able to develop the other aspects of his game? The good thing is he doesn't need to be a great blocker. He just needs to no. be not awful. Yeah. Right now he's pretty awful, right? That's pretty the problem awful right now. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen these guys before get to be at an acceptable level at blocking, especially with time, right? Like that is a skill that you can learn over time. I, it's not very often that it happens the other way where you are yeah. a great blocker. And then all of a sudden you turn into a great receiver. Um, I kind of comped him to like a, just a lesser version of Dallas Clark. Like that's kind of the role that you're going to have to use him as where, Hey, he's a, by the way, here's a size. 6035 so under 6 foot 4 mm. 239 Yeah and I don't know that I mean he may get over 240 but I, I that was my thing is that I think and I I think I said this, said this I forgot to write it down but like he's his ideal playing weight uh is might be quite a bit under the average for the position overall and 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 it might even be the lowest in the league I like, I want him playing at like 235 240 yeah, and, and so if that's the case, then you're really talking about this guy as being kind of that true big slot, you know, like which, move tight end type, which him, is that's fine, perfect. That's but right. that's his role, right? Right. Yeah. Um, to be fair, 
that's kind of the way the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah. Like I, he's yeah. not Travis Kelsey. I'm just saying that right now, but they don't really have Travis Kelsey inside, right? They move him around. They, ha- they let him be in the slot. I kind of think that's just what you want Dalton Kincaid doing. Like, and if you put him in that role, I think he could be super successful. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I mean, look, the reason you're getting this guy, you're not getting him out here to be a blocker. No, I don't no. even know that you're necessarily getting him to kind of, I mean, part of the appeal with some of these two way tight ends is the schematic advantage you get by having them out there. You know, you don't necessarily tip off run or pass. Um, you're kind of tipping off pass a little bit by putting him out there, but I think that the, his skill set there is so good that it doesn't matter. I mean, you just matter. treat him like a wide receiver and, and, and see how they line him up uh, and, and see what kind of mismatches he can create depending on how the defense reacts to him. So it, it's just a different, it's just a different type of player at, at the same position. I mean, again, going to the idea that these positions yep. are, are very multi-layered and, yes. and, and there's all different types, we, right? We this really should be, type splitting the tight out and position Probably. up into two spots, right? Like the inline guy versus the basically the slot guy or the big tight yeah. end or the, the HFs. Big, yeah. Yeah. Um, for the Cowboys specifically, how would you rank these three prospects? Man, it's hard. I, you know, like I would I say they're, Kincaid's they're all- last for me. I think so too. Um, I think that they're all very close, like touching, because I do yeah. think that Kincaid has got just such great upside as a receiver. Um, I probably would put it as. Hmm. I think I would gamble on Washington's upside. See, I, I, that's what I'm feeling. Is that like, I feel very confident that Washington will hit hit that hit that upside because I I, I feel like I it's. Agree. He's he's you see it. I I I almost it's because the thing is with him it's it's almost like it's not upside. It's just like uncovering what's already there. You know, because well, like when you watch him, he looks developed. It's just that he doesn't have a lot of numbers. You know? I, I just I have a hard time believing that Washington won't be at least Mercedes Lewis in the NFL. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like this guy that's an awesome blocker who could get you know the easy red zone touches when touchdowns when you throw it to him. I think that's honestly, I think that's his floor. And I know that's hard to say for a guy that's been in the NFL for 20 years, but I just don't see him being anything worse than that. I agree. Uh, and, I'll, and so I think I probably would take the chance on Washington's upside. Um, yeah, a good player, but I certainly would be upset a, with Bayer, though. Yeah, like, he's say, just I, so good. Like, <laughs> like. Listen, I know there's people out there that say never draft a tight end in the first round. I get it. I get it. But, man, if Mayer's the Cowboys pick at 26 – I'm going to have a really hard time not being excited about it because that's yeah. somebody I've seen produce for three straight years now. And then actually has gotten better every single year that he's played. So I, I just think he's a good player. I do too. I, I, and I'm also in the, in the, in the, uh, the boat of, I, I mean, look, I mean, don't draft, don't draft a tight end in the first round. Like I don't consider 26 to be first round, you know, <laughs> like, sure. so there's that. Like when was the last time we had 26 first round grades? Never. Never. And so I, I, I think we need to, and, and this kind of goes to the Bijan Robinson oh. and, and the running back discussions. Too. Well, I'm sorry. It's just like, <laughs> that's how I feel. I don't necessarily want to pick to Robinson at 26. We, we won't get into that today, but I do think that in general, this whole, like you can't draft X at, in the first round uh, that applies, but we're not drafting in the first round. Like we need to stop pretending like 26 is still eligible to get a first round player. So I will, I would take any of these three guys at, at 26. Uh, I, well, I would feel weird about Kincaid, maybe, but I think these other two guys, like Washington Mayor, 
you can plug them in right away yep. and, and they can be your starters and, and, and you can at least get some very quality play yep. out of both of these guys and hope that Washington really develops quickly. Cause I, I, again, I don't know if it's even development with Washington. I think it's more just revealing what was there with, with more opportunity. Yep. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out over on YouTube. Uh, go follow the show on Twitter at lockdown Cowboys. Follow Layden at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.